D-S-N-Y. TV broke, so I had to go buy a new TV today, and I got a nice deal. It's only three hundred dollars for a pretty pretty nice TV, uh, but then I considered the fact that I only make money from writing sports articles and talking into a microphone on Zoom to you, and then three hundred dollars started to seem like it was quite a bit. Yeah, that is a that is a good amount of money. But like, what size TV was it? Uh, it is a 55-inch TV. It's from a company I've never heard of before, so that seems really above board. Okay, all right. Uh, all maybe good. you should do some research. Maybe. I probably should have done some research. You're right. I probably should have. But the TV broke yesterday, and today I have a new one. So not a, not a lot of effort went into picking it out. Uh, I, was just, I was just caught up in the whirlwind of the first off-season news of – the entire winter, and it wasn't even the Yankees. It was my San Diego Padres, my adopted National League team, who I love more than almost anything in the world. Um, yeah, that's uh, definitely interesting. Yesterday was just, I woke up in the middle of the night, and I was checking my phone, and I'm like, what has been going on? There's been nothing. It's been dead silent and then all of a sudden the Padres strike first and then they strike again like two big strikes yeah not even waiting for the free agency market to play itself out they're like you know what AJ probably is just sitting in his office like I'm getting kind of tired of this let's go trade for two of the best pitchers in baseball let's go come on just crazy it all happened at once and uh you woke me up the other night with a text message and I was like what's going on I'm like Blake Snell to the Padres I'm, I mean, I'm happy about it. He goes to a team that I very much enjoy watching. That's going to be fun to watch him. And then uh, yesterday, they trade for you, Darvish. They give the Cubs literally nothing for him. Zach Davis is the only MLB player in that in that uh, heap of players the Cubs got back. Uh, the other guys, I think the oldest one was 20 years old, and they are nowhere near uh, the major leagues. So, I mean, the Cubs are in full teardown sell mode. Uh, tough to see. Uh, the Rays are just, I, I, I honestly don't know how you could support the Tampa Bay Rays. Like, how could you be a Tampa Bay Rays fan? And it's a genuine question. I asked this last night, and shockingly, there were no Rays fans that came to their defense. There were no Rays fans at all. Uh, but a genuine question. How can you support this team? How can you watch them trade away any player? I mean, Blake Snell was as homegrown as they come. They draft him. He comes up through the system. He wins a Cy Young for them. And he's scheduled to make $11 million next year. That's not a lot. That's not a lot. And they're like, nope, too much. Got to move this guy. I mean, honestly, that's just who they are. Like, I mean, it, there's no other explanation. But like, how can you, how can there be a fan base for a team like that? I mean, Evan Longoria is the, he is the abstract data. He's the one guy where it's like, all right, he was around for, for a while and he was good for them. He was a star for them. That's great. Everybody else though. I mean, 
can you name one player from the Tampa Bay Rays that is like their franchise cornerstone besides Evan Longoria? I got no one. I would have said years ago, Kevin Kiermeyer. Kevin, they might be looking to move Kiermeyer too. He, and he's not, he's due like $10 million too next year. It's not a well, lot of money. You can sit here and ask how there are fans or people that support the Tampa Bay Rays, but then again, there are also people that support any of the teams in the NFC East. It's just like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it to you. Well, but like, well, hold you on here. The really? NFC East has a few wait, wait, championships in the last 10 years. Wait, wait, wait. This is something that when it comes to baseball fans, we just can never understand. But as Yankee fans, we certainly can't understand because that's not the way that we operate. The fact that the Tampa Bay Rays operate this way is their fans are probably used to this by now. They're like, oh, yeah, don't get too attached to this guy. He's going to be gone in two years. While the Yankees, on the other hand, like to hold on to guys way past their prime. So we get way too attached to them. And when they leave, then we get all sad. But we're like, hey, it's kind of what we're used to. I don't know. I guess they just must be used to it right now. And it was working for him. So I don't know. I just, and I mean, just from a team building standpoint, you make it to the world series. You're right on the precipice of the entire point of the game of major league baseball, win the world series. That's what the point is supposed to be. And you trade your affordable ACE Blake Snell. You let Charlie Morton walk for nothing. You're trying to trade Kevin Kiermeyer. Like, what I mean, how how could you possibly support this team? I don't understand. I don't understand how they even get. I think they average like fourteen thousand fans a game over the last twenty years. How do they have that many? People are vacationing. They want something to do. Oh my God, it's ridiculous. Inside in Florida. Well, Blake Snell is out of our division. Uh, Charlie Morton out of our division. I think it's pretty safe to say that the Tampa Bay Rays are no longer the favorites to win the AL East. I'm sure we're going to have a lot of problems next year with whatever random name pops up. Oh, they also traded Jose Alvarado, very good relief pitcher. Um, I'm sure we'll, we'll find some new names to hate next year. They still have Randy Arozarena. Uh, he's not due big money for at least three years, so he'll probably be around for three years and then no longer. Um, but, I mean, the Yankees, this, this is our division now. This is our division. Who else is going to compete? Maybe the Blue Jays, but I don't think they're quite there yet. Maybe if they get LeMahieu. I think I, I think the thing too is you know obviously the Rays are are not the clear favorite anymore, but clearly they've been doing something right within their farm system and everything like that, and the way they're making these trades. Obviously, they don't have major league ready talent, but you know at this point they're just prepping for the future. And if we're going by farm systems they must see some things in these guys because they wouldn't have just given Snell away for absolutely nothing. They're a big development team. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think you can never quite count them out because they're pesky. That's what they do. They're just annoying and they're always around. And for whatever reason, they always tend to have the Yankees number. I don't know. I just like, I would love to think of it as the Yankees division, but some part of me is just like, I, well, even though they gave up Snell and they lost Charlie Morton, I still feel like they could be good. So I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I just, I don't, I can't see, you know, they go all in on the bullpenning. 
And that's a really nice strategy to have for one game at a time. And we, we saw Chad Green and Nestor Cortez Jr. do it. They had like Chad Green had 11 straight opener starts and the Yankees won all 11 of those games. But then by the time 162 games, that's a lot. That's a long season. And then you get to the postseason, you just can't be wearing relievers like this out. And, and I mean, the Rays had a 60-game season this year. They had 60 games and then the postseason, and you still saw Nick Anderson, the best reliever of the year. All of a sudden, here comes the postseason, and he can't pitch anymore. He's gassed. He's done. It's just not a sustainable model for a 162-game season. It's nice every once in a while. But I don't know. I don't know if the Rays are going to be able to keep up with the Yankees. Not that the Yankees really have great pitching right now either, because that's a big problem for us too. But if the Yankees did round out the rotation, there's going to be a lot more consistency in New York than there is in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean, consistency-wise, sure. And we've discussed the bullpen aspect and how it really doesn't play out to a sixty games or a hundred and sixty-two game season where it plays better for a sixty-game season. Um, you know what the Rays have done in the past, though, too, is they kind of remind me in a way of the Houston Astros where I feel like some pitchers come to Tampa Bay and sort of reinvent themselves in whatever way is possible. Not really sure why, but they tend to take some of those like past their prime names and do something pretty special with them and make them at least effective for what they're looking for. Um, and that's why I have a weird feeling that someone like Masahiro Tanaka might go there. No, they're never going to pay Tanaka. They will never pay him any money. I wouldn't be shocked if they went after James Paxton, if they could get him for like $5 million because nobody else is going to pay him. She'd be like, yeah, we'll take one year of your career and then you can go to free agency and we'll just let you walk again. Um, but I mean, for the haul they got, I mean, the headliner was Luis Patino, who now that I am, the, uh, I'm not going to say I'm the king of Padres Twitter, but I'm up there. I'm maybe the Duke of Padres Twitter. I'm up there in the Royal family of Padres Twitter. I would say, yeah, I think I'm there. I think I'm there. Um, <laughs> besides the point, I've gotten to know a little bit about Luis Patino. He's 20 years old. Um, he was a converted shortstop. Uh, throws really easy, high 90s. Uh, if the Rays saw something in him, I have no doubt. It won't be next year, but I have no doubt that over the next three, four, maybe five years, they're going to turn Patino into an absolute ace. He was one of the Padres' top pitching prospects, number two behind Mackenzie Gore, which even after all of these trades that the Padres have made, they've somehow kept most of their top 10 prospects intact, including Gore, who's the best pitching prospect in baseball, which is just absurd. I mean, it's highway robbery. Yeah, I mean, to be completely honest, I didn't know many of the names involved in that trade, but if if the Rays are seeking those names, I feel like they, they could definitely see some really good potential in them, and obviously, hearing that that's the number two pitching prospect for the Padres, yeah, I think pretty good things are coming their way anyway. Yeah, it's a nice piece. I, he's not ready quite yet. I don't know. I mean, he'll probably pitch in the major leagues next year. Um, I don't know if he's going to reach that full potential status but he will by the time the Rays trade him for more salary relief. He will be one of the top pitchers in the game. He has that level of talent. And the Rays are so analytically minded, they're going to find a way to milk every ounce of that out of him. Well, what now? 
What now? Uh, we have some Yankees news. We didn't cover it last week because last week we went on the Yankees Mets Express with Josh and Lean from ESNY, which is why you didn't hear an episode from us last week, which I think this, I think that makes this episode 85, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I didn't introduce it earlier, but it's fine. Episode 85. Um, Tommy Canely has signed a two-year contract with the Los Angeles Dodgers. It's backloaded. They're going to pay him almost league minimum to rehab this year. And then I think it was $5 million for year two when he should be back. Uh, we said it on Yankees Mets Express. We didn't think the Yankees were going to be the team to offer Canely that two-year deal, that rehab for no money, and then we'll give you a real contract. Um, maybe we sign him afterwards. But with the Yankees pitching situation, it's a big blow to the bullpen. And we love Tommy Canely. We're going to miss him in our, in our locker room. We're going to miss Tommy Tight Pants, Tommy Tarp Slide, Tommy Thick Thighs. Just all those beautiful nicknames. Yeah, I mean, we like we said last week, we didn't think the Yankees were going to be the ones to make an offer um, like that for Canely just because they didn't even bother with a qualifying offer. Um, and obviously the Dodgers saw potential, picked him up, and that's a really good pickup for them. I mean, obviously, I know he's going through injury. He's going to be rehabbing this entire year, so you're missing a year of him. But, man, the guy's got potential, I, I mean, in general. Like, you just don't know what you're going to expect when he comes out of it, so... Good for him. I'm glad that he was signed and has a contract. I hope that everyone enjoys his uh, joyous personality and thick thighs. Uh, I think he's he's a good asset to that bullpen if he can get back to what he typically is, or even less, to be completely honest. I mean, and he's he was great for us, an absolutely dominant pitcher. I mean, that's your that's your eighth inning guy almost anywhere else in the league. I don't know if I would put him in the closer category, but that's your eighth inning guy almost anywhere else in the league. And we were rolling him out like as soon as the fifth and sixth innings. Like, we right. got a short start. It's like, all right, let's see, uh, match it up. Who's gonna who's gonna pitch well in the fifth inning? against you know righty lefty righty all right let's go canely or let's go out of vino and then we'll get to our big bullpen arms um next year the yankees pitching is not looking good and there are not a lot of places to go out and make huge improvements right i mean we've discussed before the option of um somehow finding a way to get brad hand who by the way i am very confused as to has not been signed yet i think the Here's the thing with this offseason, which the Padres just shot out of the water this week. Everybody is just waiting to see what happens. And the thing about everybody waiting to see what happens is that nothing actually happens unless somebody makes it happen. So everyone's just waiting to see, oh, how is, how is the free agent market going to shape up? Are we going to be able to get Brad Hand for $10 million? Is he going to command 15? Or maybe the market will be so weak we can get him for seven or eight on multiple years. Like nobody wants to do anything. And so the market isn't actually shaping up. I mean, how long did it take to find out about DJ's price point? So nobody wants to do anything. Why are people just doing things? Being like, listen, no one else has offered you 10 mil. Come to us for 10 mil. I mean, I know that's probably not how that works, but like, if no one's no, doing they're, anything. They're at a standstill because teams don't want to pay this money because they're reporting, oh, all this lost revenue from fans. We didn't have any fans, so we have to slash Ugh. our payroll. Which Those fans are the worst. I, I mean, I can't wait until the player's grievance kind of takes hold and the reports about what's actually in the owner's books starts to come out because I would bet anything, anything in the world that not a single Major League Baseball team 
fell below $0 this year. Every no single one of them made at least a little bit of profit. And it's just how it's going to be. And it's bullshit. Um, but either way, that's, that's besides the point. Uh, so you're not going to see guys getting paid and agents on the other side are saying, just wait it out, wait it out, wait it out. Wait until they give you what you're worth. The teams don't want to give players what they're worth. So we're heading towards like a Bryce Harper, Manny Machado-esque free agency when we're like deep into January and February before the market actually starts to move. And I hate it. I hate it. Right. I mean, I am patiently waiting, of course, for the Yankees to sign DJ LeMahieu. My dad got me a DJ LeMahieu player shirt last year, and he keeps asking me why I'm not wearing it. And I have to explain that I don't want to jinx it, but I also really want to wear the shirt again next year. So something needs to be done here in order something for me needs to, to be done. Something needs to be done. And uh, listen, five for 125, that might be a little much. $25 million a year for DJ LeMahieu might be a little steep. Um, and it doesn't really sound like that much of a difference between 20 million and 25 million per year, but you can do a lot with that $5 million, especially in the market that, that we're seeing now. Um, I don't know. I want the Yankees to go to that fifth year for DJ. I think they're trying to hold firm to that fourth year. I want them to go to that fifth year, make it a hundred million over five years. I think that deal gets signed and we're so many weeks removed from DJ saying that he would take a pay cut to play with the Yankees for five years. And that feels like it was an eternity ago, and yet nothing has happened. Right, exactly. And now, of course, because nothing has happened, you're seeing all these reports that, oh, now he's talking to this team and this team and this team. And then, of course, you're just trying to make people nervous. And who knows if any of it's actually true? Like, you just have no idea. Yeah, he's just on. he's just flirting with the Mets. He's flirting with the Blue Jays, trying to get the Yankees jealous. Like, hey, if you're not going to appreciate me, maybe I'll just head over there, see if they'll appreciate me. It's a they tactic. Will. It's a tactic. They I, mean, will. I, don't, I don't. I don't see the Mets really being big players for Lemayhew because they already have Jeff McNeil, who can go back to his natural second base. Uh, the Blue Jays are apparently getting progressively aggressive going after DJ. Um, they're kind of resigning themselves to moving Kevin Biggio to the outfield. Uh, Bo Bichette said he thought DJ LeMahieu was the best hitter in baseball. So, I mean, Toronto is it's a pretty nice place to be for DJ. I think, he would, I think he would thrive there. I think he'd really enjoy playing for Toronto. I mean, when they're good, Canada gets behind them. That is, uh, that's the whole country's team. So I think he would like that a lot. They're entering a contention window. They're not quite there yet, but they're almost there. Um, but I mean, you still just, if you want to win baseball games, you can't beat the New York Yankees. This is true. I mean, it's, it's hard to think otherwise, but yeah, I mean, other than that, in terms of the Yankees, there's just, there's nothing doing. And finally the Padres did something and now everyone's like, oh, the Yankees should do the same thing now. Let's go all in. Well, listen. Listen, you can't go all in like the Padres are doing if you don't have a farm system to do it with. Which we don't. You don't. You've got like one prospect who's 17 years old and is a monster, but have we seen him in actual gameplay? Have we seen him go through any level of minor league baseball? No, we've just seen him hit moonshots off of batting practice pitchers. I don't even care. Jason Dominguez is the only person in the entire organization that I consider 100% untouchable right now. Mm -hmm. It's just, you can't, 
I mean, he, he hasn't played a single professional game yet. And his player comps were Mickey Mantle and Mike Trout. I mean, this switch hitter from both sides. He can hit with power. He's fast. He can field. Like, this dude is going to be legit. And his trade value has never been lower than it is right now because he hasn't played a single professional baseball game. We can't just be throwing him in deals. Man. Like, hey, let's bring Sonny Gray back. I hear the Reds are trying to trade him. How about Jason Dominguez? Like, no, come on. Right. There's there's really no way to get a solid package put together for some of the big names that everyone wants to go all in for. And besides, if you're going all in for those big names, what are you going to have to look forward to in the future if you're not developing your farm system? That's what the Rays are doing right now. Yeah, it's it's a tightrope to walk. I mean, the Yankees have had a really strong farm system for the past few years. Uh, but then you saw players start coming up. You saw Aaron Judge come up, Gary Sanchez come up, uh, Greg Bird even come up even though he ended up not being that good um and then you go out and get james paxton you trade justice sheffield away you go out and get other guys you trade more prospects and now you're looking at the organization and saying well most of our you know top prospects are in high a they haven't even gotten to double a yet so there's not really a lot of value that we can get back from them if anything the yankees could just dump a heap of top 30 prospects into a trade as a, as a team's looking for a salary dump, but the Yankees don't really want to take on salary. Mm-hmm. So how, how are you going to work this out where the Yankees are going to get a pitcher on the trade market with nobody to trade? It's just not going to happen. It's not like you're looking for big name pitchers that want a ton of money. I mean, besides, really the, the big one out there obviously is Trevor Bauer looking for a one-year deal, but probably looking for some pretty damn good money because he was Cy Young dude. So Cy Young dude. Um, regardless, there's really, it's, it's not an issue of spending money. It's an issue of finding the right trade to get those pieces. And you can only get those pieces if you're going to give a, a nice, decent return for them. And they just don't have that. They really don't. Yeah, everyone always wants to say like, hey, this is a fair trade. Why don't the Yankees do this trade? And say, well, first of all, it's not a fair trade. Second of all, even if it was a fair trade, guess what? Another team has a better trade. They can make that trade and, and the team, let's say it's Francisco Lindor. The, uh, let's say DJ LeMahieu walks, the Yankees want to get Francisco Lindor. Literally every other team in baseball can put together a better package for Francisco Lindor than the Yankees can. It's just not going to happen. Right. Exactly. It's just, listen, I love what the Padres are doing for them. I think it's great. Obviously I would love to the Yankees to be able to do something like that, but right now it's just not realistic in any sense. And it's great for the sport to see this team. Everyone's complaining about their lost money due to COVID-19 and here the Padres are, and they're just like, yeah, like we can kind of take advantage of a slow market. We can go out and we can, we can put together some aces. I mean, their 2022 rotation, all these guys are under control for 2022 as well. So their 2022 rotation is going to be Denelson Lamette, Blake Snell, Hugh Darvish, um, Mike Clevenger. And then you have to choose between their 2020 opening day starter, Chris Paddock, who didn't have a good year, but Max Greenfield has assured me that his pitching war statistics predict a bounce back for Chris Paddock and the top pitching prospect in baseball, Mackenzie Gore. Like that's, that's who you're choosing for the fifth starter. Like we can't figure out who to put in this spot. So is it going to be one of our established pitchers or is it going to be the top pitching prospect in baseball next to all these aces? 
It's like, that's a really good spot to be in. Not a bad problem to have. And I'm sure the Yankees have had that before in the past, but this year they just, they just don't. They're, they're struggling to fill their rotation. Obviously you lose Tanaka, you lose Paxton, um, maybe sign Paxton back, obviously, depending on what he's looking for. You've got a bunch of young guys. You got Severino coming back probably the middle of the season. Um, after injury. So you just really don't know what to expect right now, but that doesn't mean that the Yankees aren't going to be good. It, it doesn't necessarily like you have no idea. Clark Schmidt could decide to just have himself a hell of a year. Like he could just show up and, and blow everyone away. Um, Luis Severino can come back from injury and he can throw numerous shutout innings. Like you have no idea what's going to happen. So despite the fact that the Padres of course have all these big names, they are clearly the favorite right now. It doesn't really mean anything until the season actually starts. So maybe we should just start believing in what the Yankees have put together over the years. Weird. I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that for the starting rotation. I'm, I'm nervous. I trust Brian Cashman well, with sure. everything. He is he has led this team to just winning season after winning season. The Yankees have never had a losing season in my entire life. So I trust Brian Cashman to do the right thing. But, I mean, I know maybe the numbers don't back this up, but I feel a lot more comfortable going into a postseason series when I know that I have the pitching matchup. I know anything can happen. It just comes down to who gets the timely hits, uh, especially nowadays when it's all walk, walk, home run, strike out. Um, but, I mean looking around the league, I don't know if there are a lot of teams in the American league where I can point the Yankees out and be like, yeah, we have a better rotation than they do. There's no doubt. But at the same time, like you cannot sit there and expect you, you cannot expect a guy like Luis Severino. Of course he's coming off injury. So you really don't know what you're, what you're going to be getting. Two two seasons of injuries too. It wasn't just like, Oh yeah, Tommy John, he'll be back. Like, this has been a pervasive problem. He hasn't pitched at all in the last two seasons. Great. I know. Um, but even so, like even some of the younger guys too, I mean, while Domingo Herman, you know, wasn't necessarily on, he was on the Yankees radar and, but nobody else, nobody else expected him to be decent. And he came out there and blew a lot of people away. So, I mean, and he really wasn't even that good. I mean, he had a four ERA. Like he was, he was the team wins leader. We, we tended to win when Domingo Herman was on the mound. That's great, but if he's your staff ace, that's a problem. Well, listen, there's no way to fix the rotation right now. No, we have they we have nothing. Money and they don't have a farm system, so you're just gonna have to deal with it, bro. Oh my God! It is. We are heading into dark Dude, times. Maybe some positivity behind it, because honestly, you don't know what's going to happen. Like Trevor Bauer could come out of his Cy Young season, and he could blow where the hell he goes. I don't know where he's going to go. Absolutely, absolutely in play. We have seen Trevor Bauer be pretty bad before. I mean, it's, when he got traded to Cincinnati, he was dog shit. That whole the second half of 2019 after the trade deadline, I don't think there was a pitcher in baseball worse than Trevor Bauer. He was terrible. And then 2020 comes around, and he just turns into a Cy Young front runner. You don't know. You don't know. I got nothing else for the Yankees. I got nothing. The Yankees have been pretty quiet. Um, I mean, beyond all that, of course, 
Uh, people are waiting to hear news regarding, uh, you know, some other reagents. Brett Gardner, you know, waiting on that. Of Brett course. Gardner is going to be the very last domino to fall before the season. So it's going to be like the day before spring training, and he's going to be uh, he's going to just be on his way to Tampa. He's like, I already know I'm going back to the Yankees, but they haven't actually given me a contract yet. And he's going to get a phone call while he's pulling into the facility, and they're like, Hey, Brett, how about one year, seven million? He's like, All right, done. Let's go. He's going to literally be in the car, radio off. They're going to sign him while he starts his journey. He doesn't have a phone because he's Brett Gardner, and he's not listening to the radio. He has no idea. He's just going there because he's like, even if I'm not signed by the Yankees, I'm going to make them sign me right there. You know that's what that guy will do. Yeah, that's some psychopathic shit, by the way. Not listening to the radio in the car. Like, that story came out a few years ago where he was going on, like, a 15-hour drive, and he didn't realize until, like, eight hours in, like, oh, I never turned the radio on. What the hell is wrong with you, Brett Gardner? Let him be alone in his thoughts. That's the best thing to do. What? No, he is kind of a psychopath. I think it's funny. No, it's it's very fitting for who he is as a person. Like, it makes total sense that he wouldn't listen to the radio in the car. It'd be like an elderly person, like, oh, I want to focus on driving. I don't need the radio. Like, all right, Brett, like, let's chill a little bit here. You got four other people in the car, and it's really weird when we're sitting in total silence. It is a little weird, but I still enjoy that story so much. It's, it's perfect for him. Um, yeah, so, I mean, well. We'll see. This has been a very difficult offseason to be Yankees podcasters because there's no news at all. All the news that we've talked about is other teams doing stuff and how it might affect the Yankees. That's all we've talked about. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, this is a Yankees podcast. Yeah, but like the Yankees aren't doing anything. So, I mean, like the, uh, for a month, it's just been like, oh, well, the Blue Jays are interested in DJ LeMahieu. How does that affect the Yankees? Well, they, DJ LeMahieu won't come back to the Yankees. All right. Yeah, and what happened DJ next week? LeMahieu will have to face the Yankees like 19 times a year, and nobody wants that. No, he, if the Yankees don't sign him, he is going to play a revenge game every time in Yankee Stadium. And I don't want to see DJ LeMahieu playing a revenge game. I know he's just like a hitting robot who feels no emotions, but if you teach the robot how to be angry, that's going to be a problem. I think that's what's going to happen. Exactly. So not just that, but you're going to have to face him and he's not going away. No. So you know what? You might not sign him for the five years, but those are five years. He's going to be killing you. Absolutely. Um, All right. You got anything else? No, uh, no more Yankees news. It's sad and quiet. It's quiet, especially this week. Christmas was this week. New Year's is this week. Uh, so and, and nobody's even doing anything. It's chief mail time in offices. Uh, this probably doesn't apply to you because you work in a healthcare field. Uh, but I, the typical nine to fivers, the accountants, the paralegals from Thanksgiving until New Year's, not a single piece of work gets done. It's nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, I wish that was the case. I'm the only one in the office this week. So I got a lot of responsibilities. Oof, very busy. Um, all right. So I guess we'll wrap it up there then. Uh, hopefully when we return next week, uh, something, literally anything will happen. I don't even care if it's the Yankees announcing that Adam Warren is going to be in the bullpen to start the season. I don't care. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just give me something to talk about besides what happens if DJ LeMahieu signs somewhere else. I agree. I agree. We need to just sign him, get it over with, stop talking about him, um, and then talk about him when the season starts and all throughout the season. 
Absolutely. All right. So we'll wrap it up and we'll see y'all next week. Okay.